Open your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verses 14 through 17. We're going to continue on in our series on more in 2024. Now, you know, we just had a lot of snow, so I thought maybe I could talk today about more snow in 2024. You know, our offices have been closed here. We've had temperatures and wind chill very low. And you know, the Mid-South, uh, I'm from Dyersburg, and uh, the Mid-South is just not prepared like the folks up north. We don't have the salt trucks. We don't have the snow plows like they do. But we're here, and uh, we're using technology, and I'm so grateful that we're able to share with you the Word of God. Last week, we looked at more gospel proclamation in 2024, and I'm praying that God will help us tell more people about Jesus than we ever have through the ministries of Bellevue Baptist Church. Here in Memphis, Shelby County, the Mid-South, the nation and the nations, we want with all of our hearts to tell people about Jesus. The gospel is good news, and we need to proclaim it. And we want to share that good news with as many people as possible so that they can repent of their sins and believe in Jesus and receive Him as Lord and Savior. Now, this week, I want to continue to emphasize another topic when we talk about more in 2024, and that is more Bible intake in 2024. We need to get the Bible into our hearts, into our minds, into our lives. Now, how can we get more Scripture out of the Bible into us, into our hearts and minds? I believe that the text that we've already talked about, 2 Timothy 3, verses 14 through 17, is probably the greatest text in the Bible about the Bible. It's located in the very last part of the last letter that the Apostle Paul wrote. Paul wrote First and Second Timothy to his favorite preacher boy, his favorite son in the ministry, a young man named Timothy. You can read back and see in Paul's second missionary journey when he and Silas originally met Timothy. You can go back to Acts chapter 15 all the way through Acts 18, how he met Timothy and he ministered with Timothy. He was the first young man in a town called Lystra to, that they knew of that was saved. Interestingly, Timothy was a third-generation Christian. He had a Christian grandmother. We'll see about that momentarily. He had a Christian mother, but his father was a Greek and was probably an unbeliever. But here he is, a grandmother that loves Jesus. And aren't you grateful for grandmothers that love Jesus? And aren't you grateful for mothers that love Jesus? I want to say this to you. If you're out there and your husband is not living for the Lord, and you've got children, you can raise up a Timothy. Even if you're a grandmother and your children don't have an influence from a man to love Jesus Christ, you can raise up godly people. The Bible says, Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.5, For I'm mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm sure that is in you as well. Now, how did that sincere faith dwell and develop in Timothy? Well, one of the reasons is Timothy grew up taking in the Scriptures. We read about it in 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17, when Paul said, You, however, continue, he's talking to Timothy, 
you continue in the things you've learned and you become convinced of, knowing from whom you've learned them. And that from childhood, Timothy, you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And then all scripture is inspired by God. It's profitable for what? For teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. If you want that same kind of faith that Timothy had to dwell and to develop in you, then in 2024, you're going to need more Bible intake. And I want to give you a very simple outline today. You know, there's nothing complex about what I'm going to share with you today, but it is vital for your Christian life. If you want more Bible intake in 2024, number one, you need to love the Bible. Love the Bible. The Bible says, Paul told Timothy to love the Word of God, just like his grandmother did, just like his mother did. Look at verse 14. He says, continue in the things you've learned. Become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. Then Paul went on to say, Timothy, you've had such a blessing to have a grandmother and a mother who love the Lord, who love the Word. Paul went on to say to Timothy that it was that Bible knowledge that led to him repenting of his sin and believing in Jesus, and receiving Him as Lord and Savior. Look at verse 15. And that from childhood, <clears throat> excuse me, you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ. Do you see that? The Bible gives the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Jesus. It all starts with the Scripture. And for him to have that, for Timothy to have that kind of godly heritage through the scriptures, that was a rare thing in those days. It's a rare thing in our days. Very few people read the Bible anymore. Very few people. Now, I know that I'm talking to a lot of people that do read the Bible. I read the Bible every day. But it's amazing how many people don't. And few people outside of Jerusalem in Timothy's day and in Paul's day read the Old Testament scriptures. But the ones that faithfully read it, they loved it, and guess what? They loved God. I want to show you a, a Bible. This was my first Bible that I bought when I started to live for Christ. When I was in college, I bought this little Bible in Jackson, Tennessee, New American Standard Bible, and uh, it has my life verses in it. I was just reading a while ago out of Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart, and I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I've driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from where I sent you, into exile. That was the first Bible that I read, read all the way 
through. I was a student, and I can remember at Union University on a retreat, I finished reading this Bible when I was about 20 years old, 19 or 20 years old, and I bowed my head and thanked God for allowing me to read it. I fell in love with the Bible when I read the Bible. And Christian, you should love your Bible too. The Bible is God's eternal word, and it speaks to your daily life. I want to say that again. It is God's eternal word that speaks to everything that's happening in your daily life. It's your spiritual roadmap in a confusing and sinful world. Every word in your Bible is God-breathed, and God cannot lie. I want to say this to you. Christian, you should love your Bible. The Bible is what comforts you when you're afflicted. It convicts you when you're sinful. It inspires you when you're discouraged. Christian, love the Bible. It can cleanse your mind and your spirit. When you're spiritually dirty, just take a Bible bath. Just wash yourself in the water of God's holy word. Love your Bible. The Bible is a road map when you need God to guide you. It's a companion when you're all by yourself and you're lonely. It can counsel you when you're confused. Christian, love the Bible. I love Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. It's right in the middle of the Bible, and it's all about the Bible. It says in Psalm 119, verses 47 through 48, the psalmist said, I shall delight in your commandments, which I love, and I shall lift up my hands to your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Psalmist goes on to say in Psalm 119, verse 97, Oh, how I love your law, how I love your word. It is my meditation, not just five minutes a day, but all day long, all the day, all day long. You can memorize the Bible and you can meditate on the Bible. And then Psalm 119, 127, Therefore, I love your commandments above gold. Yes, above fine gold. You can have a lot of money, but if you don't love the Bible, you don't really have a life. If you want more Bible intake in 2024, fall in love with the Bible. Love the Bible. Love the Word of God. Now, secondly, if you want more Bible intake in 2024, don't just love the Bible. Love it enough to, secondly, learn the Bible. Learn the Bible. You say, well, I I'm not a theologian. You don't have to be a theologian. And by the way, every Christian is a theologian. Theologian, theology just means the study of God. All of us are studying God. How do we do it? Through Scripture. 1 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is inspired by God. It's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Let's work through that. All Scripture is inspired by God. That word inspired just means that God breathed it. Scripture is God breathed. Did you know that God cannot tell a lie? Some people say God, there's nothing God can't do. Well, I understand that. There's one thing he can't do. He can't sin. And he can't tell a lie. 
He inspired the Bible. He breathed it. He inspired it. And he inspired the men who wrote it. Men didn't write scripture on their own. Every author who participated in writing the Bible wrote inspired by God. God literally breathed his word into them and through them. Why did God breathe his word into those men? Because God's inspired word is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. God taught the early Christians through his word. He taught them through the scriptures. They learned about Jesus. They learned the gospel. They learned the difference between Judaism and Christianity. They learned that the new covenant in Christ is superior to the old covenant in the law of Moses. The early Christians learned that all of the Old Testament scriptures pointed to the Messiah, to Jesus Christ, and the scriptures reproved them when they sinned, corrected them in the truth of God. It also trained them in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus said in Matthew six thirty three to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which can only be found in him, in Christ. And we learn of that in the scriptures. Paul told Timothy to learn the Bible. Now, I've been a pastor for 40 years. I've had people tell me all all kinds of reasons why they can't learn the Bible. I'll never forget in my first church in Texas, a deacon who came up to me after a service and said, Preacher, I can't read Hebrew, so I guess I can't understand the Old Testament. I can't read Greek, so I can't really understand the New Testament. What do I do? I said, well, you're wrong on both accounts. Anyone who is saved has the Holy Spirit living within them. And the Holy Spirit who lives within you is the same Holy Spirit who inspired the Bible. And that means that the Holy Spirit can teach you what you need to know out of the Bible. You don't have to read Hebrew. You don't have to read Greek, I'm not against the original languages, but you don't have to read that. The Holy Spirit inspired the Bible. The Holy Spirit lives within every Christian, and every Christian through the Holy Spirit can be taught what the Bible means. Jesus said in John 14, 27, but the helper, the parakletos, the one who has come alongside to help us, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He, the Spirit, will teach you, every Christian, all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Don't you worry if you can't read Hebrew and Greek. Just read the Bible and ask God's Spirit to teach you in the power of the Holy Spirit, and He will. Let me just give you four simple ways that can help you learn the Bible in 2024. First of all, very simple, read it. Just read the Bible. Read the Bible. And the Bible says in Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the ones which are written in it for the time 
is near. You're blessed when you hear the Bible, when you heed the Bible, and when you read the Bible. I would encourage you to find a one-year Bible plan. You can find, there are dozens of them on the internet. Just say, one-year Bible plan. And then take the Bible and use that one-year plan. It will tell you how to read the Bible through in one year. 15 to 20 minutes a day. I'm a, a slow reader. My wife is a fast reader. I'm a slow reader. And in 20 minutes a day, I can read the whole Bible through. If I read it every day, all 365 days, I can read the Bible through if I follow that pattern. Read the Bible through. One-year Bible. And then memorize it. Memorize the Bible. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 11, Your word, talking to God, your word, I have treasured, I have loved in my heart that I may not sin against you. When I was about 19 or 20, I got this, the topical memory system by the navigators. It's the simplest way to start memorizing Scripture. Anybody can do this. I used to think that I could never memorize Scripture, but now I've memorized hundreds of verses. But it started off with this little packet, and I would encourage you to order this. You can order it online. You can find it in a Bible bookstore, Navigator Topical Memory System. The Navigators are the ones who help do the follow-up work for all the Billy Graham ministries. You need to memorize the Bible. If you just, re if you just memorized one verse a week or one verse a month, you'd be so much better in your life. Your word I have treasured in my heart. I have memorized that I might not sin against you. So you need to read the Bible. You need to memorize the Bible. And then to learn the Bible, you need to meditate on the Bible. Meditate on the Bible. I remember one of the first verses I ever memorized, Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth or from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. You shall ruminate on it. You shall just go over and over again so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. I remember memorizing that when I was at Union University. And I remember I can remember the very moment that I said that through, all the way through by memory, and it blessed my heart. I was sitting there as a young student. God will help you to meditate on the Word of God. Just go over it and over it. Some of you are country enough to know what it means when a, a cow chews the cud. That's what it means, just to go over it and over it and over it, to just go over the Word of God and meditate on it. And God will bless you and give you great riches. And then also, another way to learn the Bible and to really stay with it is to pray the Bible. I've done this for years. Jesus said the night before he died in John 15, verse 7, If you will abide in me, now listen, and my words will abide in you, you can ask, that's prayer, you can ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is a limitless verse. Whatever you wish, if your wishes are based on the Word of God, God's Word will come true. 
And when you pray according to the Word of God, people ask me all the time, how, do, how can I know that my prayers will be answered, Pastor? Well, I can tell you. Pray according to Scripture. <laughs> the Word of God is the will of God. And if you pray the will of God, you'll have, you're going to have what you ask for. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish. If it's according to the will of God, according to the Word of God, and it will be done for you. And our good friend Beth Moore has written a book called Praying God's Word. Pick that up. Get that online. It's a fantastic book, Praying God's Word by Beth Moore, a great, great theologian, a great speaker of the Word of God. If you want more Bible intake in 2024, learn the Bible. Now, this is a simple sermon, but let's just go back. What have we talked about? Every Christian should love the Bible. Every Christian should learn the Bible. But if we want more Bible intake in 2024, there's one more thing. We need to live the Bible. We need to do what it says. Live the Bible. Look there at 2 Timothy We'll read the whole text again, verses 14 through 17. How, you, however, continue in the things you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God. And it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Now watch, here, here's the application. So that, so that the man of God may be adequate, here it is now, equipped for every good work. We're not going to just love the Bible, although it's, that's wonderful. And we're not going to just learn the Bible and have a lot of knowledge we're going to live the Bible. It will equip us for every good work. There needs to be some application of the Bible. Do what it says. Obey it. James chapter 1, verse 22. James, the brother of Jesus. James, the first pastor of the church of Jerusalem, said, but prove yourselves to be doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. I thank you for watching today. I thank you for listening to the Word of God. But what good does it do if we don't put it into practice? In fact, Jesus ended the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount, talking about the importance of living and obeying the Bible. He said, in his latter words, his invitation, if you will, of the Sermon on the Mount, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. It's going to be amazing when people stand before God. They thought they knew the Lord, but they won't go to heaven. They're going to say, Lord, Lord, but they don't do the will of my Father who is in heaven. They won't enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Here are people who have preached. They've prophesied. They've been involved in casting out wicked spirits. 
They've also seen God do many miracles. And then the Bible says, God will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them may be compared to a wise man. You don't just hear the word of God, you act upon it. That's when you're wise. A wise man who built his house upon the rock and the rain fell and the floods came, the winds blew, burst against that house, yet it did not fall for it had been founded upon the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act upon them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and burst against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. I want to say this to you. Jesus Christ is the only one that can help you apply the Bible. Dr. Rogers used to say, if you want to live and obey the Bible, just do the do's and don't do the don'ts. When the Bible says do something, do it. When the Bible says don't do something, don't do it. Now, how can you and I <clears throat> live the Bible? I want to give you some suggestions. You might want to write these down and uh, let these be a blessing to you. The Bible says pray. We know that. So guess what? We should pray. Jesus, the Bible says in Luke 18, 1, he was telling them all a parable to show that at all times they ought to pray and not to lose heart. When's a good time to pray? Anytime. There's never a bad time to pray. I enjoy waking up and praying. My wife and I pray together before we go to sleep at night. And all day long, there are times to pray. Bible says pray. So I'm just going to do what the Bible says. The Bible also says sometimes you need to fast. So let's fast. Bible says that we should fast. We should do without food for spiritual purposes, whether it's prayer, reading the Bible, trying to hear from God. Jesus said in Matthew 6, <clears throat> excuse me, verses 16 through 18, whenever you fast, not if you fast, but when you fast, don't put on a gloomy face as the hypocrites do. Don't go around acting like, oh, woe is me. Look how holy I am. I'm fasting. No, don't put on a gloomy face for they neglect their appearance so that they will be noticed by men when they're fasting. They're religious hypocrites. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward in, in full. But you, when you fast, <clears throat> not if you fast, but when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by men but by your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. There's a time that all of us should slip away and just say, I'm not going to eat a meal right now. I'm going to do without a meal right now. I'm going to spend some extra time with the word of God and the God of the word. The Bible says we should fast. So we should fast. The Bible says we should go to church. So let's go to church. Now I know today we're not having in-person church, but we're having online. And I want to commend you. You're going to church right now. What are you doing? You're obeying Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. Let us consider how to stimulate one another. Do you ever need stimulation spiritually? I do. To love and to good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And so much the more, all the more as you see 
the day of Christ's return drawing near. Man, we need each other. We need Christians. I need fellowship today more than I've ever needed it in all of my life. Why? Because this world is wicked. So when the Bible says, go to church, go to church. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. And then the Bible, when it says share the gospel, let's share the gospel. Acts 1.8, last thing Jesus said before he ascended to heaven. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem, that's where they were, and in all Judea and Samaria, that was branching out, and even to the remotest part of the earth. We're to take the gospel to every place in the world, not just in Memphis, not just Shelby County, not just the Mid-South, not just America, but to the nations. The Bible tells us to do it, so let's do it. The Bible tells us to tithe, so let's tithe. The Bible says in Malachi chapter 3, and Jesus affirmed it in Matthew chapter 24. Will a man rob God? Yet you're robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed God in tithes and offerings? If you don't tithe to a local church, you're stealing from God. And let me tell you something. You'll never be intimate with God if you're stealing from him. He says, you're cursed with a curse because you're robbing me whole nation of you. Bring, here's the, here it is, verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Your storehouse in the New Testament sense is your local church. That doesn't belong to anybody else, any other ministry. You don't, it's not yours. You're to give at least a tenth of your income to your local church so that there may be food in God's house. I, I am embarrassed. I am embarrassed when I see churches having fundraisers and selling stuff door to door to get money for ministry. The only way we're supposed to get money for ministry is for our people to tithe. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house, God says, and test me now in this. Only time in the Bible, God says, put me to the test. Test me and see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing until it overflows. Man, when the Bible says tithe, tithe. And I want to say this to you. I've been doing it all my life. And I can promise you, you'll have more spending power with the 90% left over after you give that 10% to the house of God and to the work of God than you will if you try to spend the whole 100% on your own. The Bible also says to forgive other people. So if the Bible says, let's do it, let's do it. Let's just jump in there. The Bible, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty five, 25, whenever you stand praying, forgive. If anyone, if you have anything against anyone, I mean, how much more categorical can you get? When you stand praying, forgive. What? How, how much should I forgive? If you have anything against anybody, why? So that your father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions. I want to be forgiven, but I can't be forgiven if I don't forgive other people. So the Bible, Jesus said, forgive. So you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to forgive. They don't have to apologize. I'm just going to forgive them before, and I'm just going to let them go and let God take care of them. And then the Bible says, love your neighbor. So let's just love our neighbor. Jesus said in Mark 12, verses 30 and 31, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, 
mind, and strength. The second commandment is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, when we love ourselves, we take care of ourselves. We feed ourselves. We clothe ourselves. We take care of ourselves. And when you love your neighbor, you take care of your neighbor. You're not mean to your neighbor. You say, well, they're mean to me. You know what? What they do, that's not in your control. What you do is in your control. You need to love people. Even if they're not lovable, you need to love them. And maybe if you'll reach out to them enough, they'll receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Then the Bible says, help the poor. So let's help the poor. There are poor people all around us. We have a lot of people in, in Memphis who are poor. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 17 and 18, but whoever has this world's goods, you've got physical means, and you see your brother in need, and you close your heart against him, how does the love of God abide in that man? Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. Maybe there's a widow that you need to help pay her rent. Maybe there's somebody that doesn't have a car. You've got two or three of them. Maybe you need to give somebody a car or buy somebody a car. Maybe you just need to take somebody a meal. Maybe you just need to help buy some children, some school clothes. There are so many ways. If you'll just get your heart and mind with the Lord and say, Jesus, show me how to minister to poor people around me and help me do it in a way that you get all the glory and I don't get any glory. Oh, Jesus, help me to help people who are poor. God will bless you. And the Bible says, tells us also to be loving and kind. So let's be loving and kind. I love Colossians 3. Verse 12, so as those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You got to put that on. Saying, God, I'm going to be loving and I'm going to be kind to people. I'm done with being mean to people. (laughs) I'm done with being mad at people. I'm going to be kind and loving to people. And that's what God wants. And that will open up so many more doors for you to share the gospel than you've ever had before. And then the Bible says, watch and be ready for Christ coming. So I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be watching for the rapture. Jesus said in Matthew 24, verses 40 and following, then two men will be in the field. This is when Jesus comes back. One will be taken, one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, the other will be left. Watch therefore, for you don't know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, You also be ready, that is, watch, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you don't expect. God wants us to live the Bible. I've just given you a bunch of examples of how you can put the Bible to work. Again, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all Scripture is inspired by God. It's profitable 
for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. If you want more Bible, intake in 2024. Put the Bible to action. Live the Bible. I don't know about you. In, I don't know about your family. I don't know about your circumstances. But in 2024, I can tell you, I've been reading and preaching the Bible for decades. But I want more Bible intake this year. I want to get more of the Word of God in my heart. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to study it. And by the grace of God and the help of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to do what it says. I'm going to love my Bible. I'm going to learn my Bible. And praise His holy name, I'm going to live my Bible. And if that's your commitment as well, can have an amen in the house of God. Amen.